wise words from our Commander-in-Chief, Joe Biden, who apparently doesn't know if he's coming or going. God help us. And more today on this CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. As you probably noticed, this is Garrison Hardy subbing in for Pastor Toby. More from Joe Biden later. And you know, Biden may not know whether he's coming or going, but I know you do. See, you already know that you're coming to our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th, right? You're just putting it off, signing up for it. Believe me, I get it. But you don't have to put it off for too long, or at least don't. <laughs> We've extended our early bird pricing to the end of June, so go sign up now. That's at flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022. And by the way, if you're a club member, hey, that's $100 off right there. So sign up for a club membership too while you're at it over at flfnetwork.com. All right, so on to the news. We'll start with truckers warn skyrocketing diesel prices are making U.S. supply chain and trucking industry unsustainable. It just gets better and better for our economy. A Facebook post from the owner of a Texas trucking company went viral last week after he warned that skyrocketing diesel prices could have long-term consequences for the U.S. supply chain. Austin Smith was his name. Owner of Iron River Express said it has cost him over $20,000 a week to keep his three trucks running. That's just three trucks. twenty grand a week. That's insane. And here's what the post said. Quote, if something drastic doesn't change in the next few months, I promise you, you'll see empty shelves everywhere you look, he wrote in that post that was shared nearly 290,000 times. You'll see chaos as people fight for the basic necessities of everyday life. Now that is a bleak <laughs> look into the future. Uh, this is from Insider InsiderBusiness.com. Insider spoke with five truckers who warned that the industry could be at a breaking point. The drivers say they've had to get creative in recent months as they work to turn a profit while spending thousands at the pump. Richard Resick, a trucker based out of ports in New York and New Jersey, told Insider he's turning off his truck and rolling down his window instead of using air conditioning during long summer nights. He also plots out gas stations with the cheapest fuel prices. Diesel prices have surged over 76% in the last year. Last month, Insider reported that the diesel market is facing its worst crisis since the 1970s. Prices are at a record $5.75, according to data from AAA. For truckers like Resic, that means they're spending as much as $1,700 refueling their trucks each day. Nick, a trucker who owns a small carrier in Maryland, told Insider that he's had to take loads at a loss. I have the option not to run my fleet at all, but I care about keeping my drivers busy, said Nick, who prefers to only go by his first name, by the way, due to a pending lawsuit. He continues, drivers are most important asset, and sometimes that means I have to accept loads that are not in my favor, end quote. Nick also detailed an insurance or an instance in April when he woke up to find that thieves had siphoned over a thousand dollars worth of fuel out of his truck. People are getting desperate. The trucking company offsets diesel prices through a fuel surcharge, which is calculated through a base rate that is usually added to a shipper's freight bill. But Resic said drivers typically never see a breakdown of the costs from brokers or carriers, meaning there are instances when companies keep the fuel surcharge for themselves. 
Shantae Robinson, the owner of Mid-Carolina Transportation, told Insider the elevated fuel prices will likely push new business owners out of the industry after record numbers of trucking companies opened in 2021. Earlier this year, CEO of the American Trucking Association, Chris Spear, said the industry is facing a chronic shortage of about 81,000 drivers. Insider has previously reported that experts say notions of a trucker shortage are overblown. Well, I, I believe the truckers. That's just me. Well, folks, it sounds like things could be getting worse on the economy side of things, and you know, I'm doubtful that inflation is what experts say it is. I think it's probably higher. And hey, you remember how I mentioned Biden? We'd hear more from him later. Well, here he is. Biden points blame for record oil prices towards the oil companies. Exxon made more money than God this year. <laughs> Oh boy, this article is from Fox Business. During a speech in Los Angeles Friday, President Joe Biden blamed record gas prices on the oil industry and said that U.S. oil companies like ExxonMobil Corp. were raking in massive profits this past year. Quote, Exxon made more money than God this year. End quote. The Catholic president told union representatives at the Port of Los Angeles as the national average of gas is $4.99 per gallon. In 19 states, the price of a gallon of gas is over $5, according to the Motorist Group AAA. Biden also accused the largest U.S. oil company of spending their profits on stock purchases rather than using it to drill and produce more oil. He said, why aren't they drilling? Because they make more money not producing more oil, the president said. Exxon, start investing and start paying your taxes, end quote. Oh, boy. Well, here's here's President Joe Biden on Jimmy Kimmel talking about those evil oil companies. For example, our oil companies, oil companies, instead of everybody says, well, Biden won't let them drill. They have they have nine thousand drilling sites that they've already owned that are there. They're not doing it. You know why? Because they make more money not drilling and buying back their own stock. It's all screwed up, no, and that's the it, thing. It's well, that, it is screwed up, but we are only a few votes away from being able to straighten it out. We have to get the message across in a way that is understandable to people like the folks in my family we grew up. Tell people what the, what, 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 just what the facts are. Telling people what the facts are, huh? He knows we can just Google this stuff, right? Well, here are some facts for you fine folks. The average price per gallon was $2.40 on January 20th, 2021, based on an average of leading fuel monitoring services. The average price on Friday was $4.78, and market analysts expected it to tick up at least $0.02 cents over the weekend. And by the way, that was 10 days ago. The price of gas was already going up before Russia started the war with Ukraine. Biden loves to point the finger at Putin for everything. But here's some st uh, startling statistics for you. Inflation just hit a new 40-year high. Overall CPI, or inflation report, is at plus 8.6% since last year. And like I said, it's probably higher than that. Gasoline, up 48.7%. Fuel and oil, up 106.7%. Meat, poultry, and fish, up 13.1%. As a meat lover myself, that's brutal. Milk, 15.9%. Eggs, 32.2%. Coffee, plug your ears, coffee lovers, 15.3%. Used cars, 16.1%. Airline fares, 37.8%.
And by the way, the real average hourly earnings, minus 3%. Whatever the excuse is, you know Joe Biden misses the good old days when he could just blame every policy disagreement on racism. It's worth noting the midterm elections are on November 8th, 2022. So keep those statistics in mind as Biden tries to push whatever he's peddling, especially on that sham of an interview with Jimmy Kimmel. Do you have a podcast or are thinking about starting one like we did here at CrossPolitik? Does your church have a podcast feed for sermons? The dropwave.io is for you. Cancel culture is like walking on a thin glass bridge over the Grand Canyon. Every step you take could get you killed. I mean, canceled. <laughs> Since the beginning of CrossPolitik has been working on being anti-fragile, so no matter what happens, our content can still be delivered to your TV and to your podcast. I mean, you've seen what happens with YouTube. This past year, the Waterboy and his friend Jeremy have been working on building a podcast hosting solution for rowdy platforms like CrossPolitik so that you can be confident your podcast will never fall through that glass bridge. Dropwave offers seamless onboarding for shows that have been around for years to easy-to-use solutions for starting your own podcast. Dropwave will track all of your show's downloads by city, state, and country. And it offers network and enterprise packages for solutions like the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Free to speak, free to podcast, free to start your journey now. That's at www.dropwave.io. And believe me, as the sales guy here at CrossPolitik, this data is really big for me. So I hope to see you guys on there. Starbucks may end open-to-all bathroom policy due to safety concerns. This is according to their CEO. And this is from the Epoch Times. Starbucks is reconsidering its open-to-all bathroom policy because worsening mental health problems among the public are posing a threat to employees and customers. Howard Schultz, the CEO of the coffee shop chain, indicated during a New York Times deal book forum on Thursday that the company may once again reserve the bathrooms for paying customers. We serve 100 million people at Starbucks, Schultz said in a conversation about mental health, which he described as the number one issue his company is dealing with. He continued, There is an issue of just safety in our stores in terms of people coming in who use our stores as a public bathroom, and we have to provide a safe environment for our people and our customers. The mental health crisis in this country is severe, acute, and getting worse, he told the New York Times, adding that Starbucks is providing better training and hardening our stores in response to the mental health challenges. When asked exactly what hardening the stores means, Schultz replied that this could mean the end of free bathroom access for non-customers. Starbucks opened its bathrooms to the public back in 2018 following an incident in which two black men were arrested in Philadelphia store. The store's manager insisted that they make a purchase in order to use the restroom and eventually called the police on them for trespassing. Following a backlash, Starbucks settled with the men for an undisclosed amount of money and also told all stores in the United States that any person who enters their spaces, including patios, cafes, and restrooms, regardless of whether they make a purchase, is considered a customer. Schultz agreed that undoing the 2018 decision would be a significant culture shift, as noted by the New York Times' Andrew Ross Sorkin. According to a study published in 2019 by the business schools at the University of Texas at Dallas and Boston College, which, by the way, if you want to look for yourself, that is in the show notes, visits to Starbucks dropped by 6.8% following the company's adoption of the open-to-all bathroom policy. 
The researchers collaborated with data company SafeGraph and examined cell phone location data. More than 10 million devices between January 2017 and October 2018, which covers a period before and after Starbucks bathroom policy shift. When measuring the data against the cafe shops located near about 10... 1,800 Starbucks stores across the United States, the researchers found that Starbucks suffered large and significant customer traffic decline compared with rivals. The traffic dip was 84% higher for Starbucks stores that were close to a homeless shelter, according to the study, and I mean, that makes sense. In addition, the average income of Starbucks customers has dropped compared with that of visitors of other nearby coffee shops. This would be consistent with them being more sensitive to crowding and the new visitors brought in by the bathroom policy. That's according to the researchers when they wrote that. Starbucks disagreed with those findings, saying that at the time of the alleged decline in traffic, it didn't actually translate to a loss of revenue. Interesting stuff. Now, before I go, I wanted to take a stroll through my segment of On This Day in History. And let's go back to June 14th, 1777, when America actually made sense. <laughs> the Continental Congress approved the design of a national flag. Since 1916, when President Woodrow Wilson issued a presidential proclamation establishing a national flag day on June 14th, Americans have commemorated the adoption of the stars and stripes in many ways, displaying the flag in front of their homes, parades, and other patriotic observances. Prior to 1916, many localities in a few states had been celebrating the day for years. Congressional legislation designating that date as the National Flag Day was signed into law by President Harry Truman in 1949. The legislation also called upon the president to issue a Flag Day proclamation every year. According to legend, in 1776, George Washington commissioned Philadelphia seamstress Betsy Ross to create a flag for the new nation. Scholars, however, credit the flag's design to Francis Hopkinson, who also designed the Great Seal and first coin of the United States. Even so, Ross most likely met Washington and certainly sewed in early American flags in her family's Philadelphia upholstery shop. To date, there have been 27 official versions of the flag, but the arrangement of the stars varied according to the flag maker's preferences until 1912, when President Taft standardized then the then news flag 48 stars into six rows of eight. The 49-star flag, 1959 and 60, as well as the 50-star flag also have standardized star patterns. The current version of the flag dates to July 4th, 1960, after Hawaii became the 50th state on August 21st, 1959. Folks, thanks for listening to this iteration of the CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, or any other show on our network for that matter, please share it, as sharing one of our shows is like currency for us. If you like us so much that you're ready to take the plunge into club membership, which I highly recommend, by the way, a lot of exclusive content in our club portal, you can sign up now at flf.com slash membership. And as always, if you want to talk about becoming a corporate partner with CrossPolitik, you should email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless. We'll see you next time.